I think one of the other magical parts of the sport like pickleball is that there's an immediate perceived competence. Uh, because the sweet spot is right off your hand, mm -hmm. uh, people can find that ball and, and serve rally and play right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody who right. doesn't never played can play, right? but you can take that level really high. You which, know? which really makes it a special oh, yeah. sport. And we are all things paddle. Whitney, welcome to Paddle Smash Academy. Why don't you talk a little bit about the club that you have here? Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Says. It's been a pleasure to meet you and your wife, Veronica. I appreciate you coming up from Connecticut and joining us here in <coughs> southern Vermont in the Wilmington-Dover area. Um, this has just been something that uh, has been a vision of mine for a long time. Um, I've been involved in Padal for about four years here in the U.S. and been looking, like a lot of people, for the right real estate uh, to make it happen. It's tricky, as you know, with indoor to build out new is prohibitive, to find the right building with the right ceiling clearances and the pillars right, et cetera, it's, it's been tricky. So uh, with a little bit of luck with my son-in-law's recent purchase of this spectacular boutique inn that I think you guys have come to see and, and yeah. uh, visit. So how did you get into Paddle? How were you introduced? I got introduced to Paddle um, in Bedford, New York. I was living in Westchester County working for the USTA and playing winter platform, a guy said to me, have you played paddle before? I said, you mean what we're doing tonight? And I think we've all had that debate of how yeah. you pronounce it. He goes, no, no, there's a, there's a private court with a guy from France that has this, do you want to come try? And I said, absolutely. I hadn't heard anything about it. This goes back to probably 2016, almost 10 years ago. Wow. And sure enough, we went over there and I was like, whoa, like a lot of us, um, it wasn't long before I said this may be the coolest of all the racket sports. I was immediately infected and uh, ironically the house came up for sale and the real estate agent said, hey, can you get some eyeballs on this property by just promoting Pedal? And yeah. so the next thing you know, we had many club owners and managers and people in the industry tasting Pedal for the first time, which then segued into the indoor court in Orlando at a rackets conference. A group was invited to Barcelona um, uh, to go over. I unfortunately couldn't make that trip. But I then partnered with some fellows that have now either retired or moved into other businesses. And um, I've since been working for AFP out of Barcelona and um, been uh, championing the cause and been a passionate advocate for it. So uh, mm -hmm. have you played any other racket sports? Oh, yeah, always. I mean, I... Uh, whether it be ping pong or table tennis <laughs> to, to platform. Of course, I've been playing tennis almost every day of my life since I was seven years old. Um, <clears throat> also pickleball, I've been very fond of that in the last 10 years, <clears throat> excuse me. And uh, so I'm playing them all. Great, but great, I think great. this has quickly risen to my most, most oh, favorite. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I was about to ask you that. So I think it's, uh, if people who play at different racket sports, I, I believe mm -hmm. they find, when they finally play paddle, they're like, this is it, forget about everything else, you know? So how did you come up with uh, putting together this inn? And let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, what is the official name of this? Is it an inn or is it a club or? or... Well, it's an inn, it's called the Brookbound Inn and it's a boutique hotel that has three different buildings with a lot of different choices for your accommodations. And when my son-in-law purchased it this past summer and invited me over for the first time, sure enough, there was a, a tennis court mm -hmm. on the property that had 
the old-fashioned interlocking panels, mm -hmm. and I right away saw a vision, and that was the conversion of that slab to a pedal, a pickle, and we left a little basketball on it. We're going to put a beach tennis court above it as well. So, again, the smorgasbord of activities that are all cross-training and yeah. develop athletes and all just fun. I mean, positive action breeds positive action. Yeah. So how did you convince your son-in-law to put a paddle uh, court <laughs> here? He well, was probably like, what is that? Yeah, was, is that like a paddle just, of a kayak? I mean, well, what is that? That's right. I mean, he's, he's not, you know, he's more of an outdoorsy hunter, fisherman type. So he's not much of a racket sports guy. But in the last three years with his, his being involved with my daughter, he, he knew I was in the business. He looked over my shoulder. He's so handy that I actually tried to convince him to help me with some installations. Um, and he was going, whoa, uh, this glass is heavy and you know the lifts and the lulls and the open top container. So he got involved from a logistical standpoint early on and saw what was going on. I was traveling to Seattle, to Denver, to Philadelphia, to Austin with many, many projects. And then I started to feed him the publicity that was going on as we spoke earlier with eight with the New York Yankees buying the TV rights mm -hmm. for Yes Network to you know the the world class athletes that are segueing into whether it be Beckham or Ronaldo or Serena or whoever I mean there was a lot was happening we could see the tipping point of this sport coming to the USA I sat down with Jake and his mom and and pitched it and they just threw up their hands and said. Let's do it. Let's go. Wow. So it happened very quickly. I mean, I work with world-class court builders throughout the country that are our distributors of our courts. I have courts in inventory here in the country, and I called my guy in Connecticut, and he rolled it up, and within three weeks, we had that court up, and then have since done a lot of samplings and get the eyeballs and people trying it, the taste of Pedal, as you know. Uh, my brother still teases me. He goes, you know, I ask a hundred of my friends, you know, what Padal is. And now I'm finding that one or two do where a year ago, none of them know. Now he runs with a, I tease him, he needs to run with a hipper crowd. But uh, it's happening. We all know that. It's, it's, it's a wonderful game. Um, there's no turning back. This is not some sort of fad or craze. It's uh, Right. So, so how, I mean, this is Vermont. Okay, like uh, you guys have the first uh, uh, court, you know, to the public, right? Uh, I mean, didn't it go through your head like nobody knows this sport? How, how are you going to uh, market it? How are you going to expose it to people or educate people about the sport here in Vermont? Well, I work for a private boarding school, the Hussack School, that is, is of an international nature. So our tennis team is comprised of all kids from Spain and Brazil and Italy and Argentina. So they were very excited and they've mm. since they've come over here and played. Um, again, the fact that two of my best court building distributors, Cape Island Tennis and, and Track, uh, Northeast Pedal, Eric Loftus and the Hinden Group out of Connecticut, they also needed a showcase to show their clients mm. as they're getting all this interest uh, in the construction side and the sales. So we teamed up to say, let's let's build a place where people could come and touch it, taste it, play mm. it, see it. It's one thing to look at a catalog right, and right. talk about it. It's another, as you know, to come and look at it. Architecturally, we'd all agree it's the most beautiful racket right. sport structure out there i call it the human aquarium without the fish <laughs> or without, the, without the water rather <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so uh 
So what amenities do you have here? You have, well, how many courts do you have first? How many courts do you have? Well, here we, again, as many people in the business know, you, with, a, with a tennis court, unless you rejigger the directional of the court and add some concrete or asphalt, um, with the existing direction of north-south, you can get one pedal court and one pickleball court comfortably on that. We were able to do that and keep a, a basketball pitch. So we're really one and one, which I felt was the right strategy, as you mentioned mm -hmm. in Vermont, because mm -hmm. there are a lot of people playing pickleball here. Right. So it's a they know that sport. It's an easier sell or pitch to say, hey, come play pickleball here. Come stay at the inn. Or we have a local membership as well they then come they get they what's this next next to us they get a sampling and the next thing you know it's it's crossing over so do you see that happening a lot we do and in, besides the other amenities we have here we we're on 33 acres with hiking trails and, and um, snowmobiling trails but we also have one of the largest commercial swimming pools in new england as well with a okay. 75 foot by 30 foot 10 foot deep with a slide swimming pool that also adds to the ambience and the, the amenity package that people will enjoy here. Okay, mm -hmm. so a big question. Um, I mean, I just played with you guys and and I see that the ball is a lot slower, you know, which is great on the back walls. Um, so I, I'm assuming because of the cold, we were playing in 27 degrees of weather. I couldn't believe when we were playing. I mean, I was playing. I mean, I, I just... I couldn't believe it. Uh, when I came down here, I was like, okay, it's going to be freezing weather. Are we going to be able to play? And you know, I get here and you guys have six, eight people playing. It's pretty incredible. Um, do you see that? And how, I mean, how many, how many months can you play? And do you see you guys, everybody playing at that temperature? Well, it, first of all, people in Vermont are very hardy. I've come to yeah. realize that, mm -hmm. as they are at, at, in the Northeast in any winter climate, and certainly we know how popular Pedal is in, in Sweden and yeah. in Norway and all. So much like as I go back to where I learned in, in Bedford, New York, I was playing in, you know, if there wasn't snow or ice, I was playing. Um, you know, with a plastic shovel, you can expedite it. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, it was out of play, but we've had a very warm winter we've had it spiked up to 40 degrees it melted off and again there's natural protection with the glass so even in the wind that mitigates it so much like platform tennis where people are playing in seven below heat you know winter temperatures now naturally that's elevated and has the slats and you can melt the snow and ice this i anticipate back to your question i'll probably be out of business maybe 90 days a okay. year um, but we played two weeks ago, we played two days ago, we played today, we're probably going to play tomorrow. I mean, right now there's right, no snow right. in the forecast right. for the next week or so. So again, even, by the way, interestingly too about this court or Pedal in general, is even a light rain you're able to play through. Your pickleball, yeah. your tennis is done because it's either the true. clay is too soft, the asphalt's too slippery, but the turf and the sand really mitigates that moisture and creates still sure footing and not a slip hazard. So we've had some days where we played through a pretty good steady drizzle. Yeah, so, that's true, that's definitely um, true. So again, are we gonna someday look at covering it? Maybe, uh, but for right now, we'll probably get you know seven to eight months of play gotcha. out of these amenities. And here. those other months are because it's just there's snow, I'm assuming, right? Right, You are, because it's on the ground, There's uh, you can only do so much. You gotta wait it out. 
Okay, and that's so. okay to have a few days off. <laughs> I don't what, know. That's what my visits to Florida are for. Yeah, yeah. If you're addicted <laughs> to paddle and you can't go to Florida, you know, you're going to be like, ah, watching the World Paddle Tour, the premier that's, paddle. That's, that's it, right. you know. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. So <laughs> you really appreciate the sport when you can't play. And that's, of course, one of the things that I think is driving the interest, too, is just the, the undersupply of courts with the demand and the interest that's occurring in this country. That's yeah, why yeah, yeah. we're all projecting uh, as Big many growth. as 10,000 courts by yeah. 2030. Big growth with, in paddle, yeah. With the estimated number now, who really knows, but the guesstimate's probably 300 to 350 right yeah. now in this country. So uh, what type of court do you guys have? What manufacturer is it? Uh, our court is manufactured by AFP, um, all for Pedal out of Barcelona. They have a brand new factory, and I've been over, uh, seen the amazing quality controls. We're one of the, this happens to be one of the aluminum courts. I believe we're one of only two companies that offers an aluminum. Why aluminum? It's um, a 15 year guarantee. It's great for any saline or close to the ocean type mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. We do have steel courts that are galvanized and protected. Um, so we, we offer a variety. We have the panoramic naturally for more of an indoor scenario. Um, this court has branded Adidas. Um, you can choose to have it unbranded. So we, we're the only company licensed with Adidas to brand our unbranded Red Sport courts that way. So I like the having Adidas involved. I think it jazzes it up. Um, we have a little pro shop on site here. Um, I'm an Adidas player. I play pickleball and, and pedal representing the company. And when we do little outings or tournaments, it's nice to have those gift bags and all the branded you know, tchotchkes. So. Right, right, I hear you. Okay, so who's the coach? Are you the coach here? Yes, I'm coach? certified okay. in pedal as well as the plethora of other racket sports. And so, you yeah. offer lessons here as, as well, right? We do. You know, we have, um, whether it be group or privates or, you know, little mini camps, you know, we expect to run the gamut of that type of... Okay. And program. how much are the lessons per hour? Uh, the lessons are, you know, approximately in the $100 an hour range for privates yeah. and, and less you, for groups. I know you guys just opened, but are you guys going to do be doing some clinics or maybe some tournaments, uh, leagues? Yes, um, we're going to do some kind of like racket challenge events where, again, to, to, to mitigate the fact that we only have one court, we'll do some events where you'll play pickleball, you'll play fidel, and you'll play beach. And those results... Uh, We'll all kind of oh. cumulatively, you know, who's the best rackets athlete. Oh. Um, so we'll have some fun with that. Uh, one of my favorite things to do are just simply what I call, you know, open play nights where there'll be a theme of the night. I'll, you know, maybe it'll be the side glass wall or, or lobs. Or so we'll do a little tip of the night, drill that up a little bit, and then just rotate people with what, you know, a maximum encounter round robin where everybody plays with everybody, both sports. Um, for a couple of hours that's by level you know that'll be you know one night will be intermediate night one night will be beginners another advanced night so people love that you know it's as you saw it's a great social environment you know we've got a little barbecue down there and a fire pit if we need it and the yeah pool. and so i do see it's, that it's a paradisical spot yeah yeah it's great so all right so let's talk about a little bit about the inn um how many units do you have available um and what is the cost and are you going to be marketing this kind of like come down here and play paddle or racket sport and stay here. I mean, how how is how was the inn associated with with a with a pickle and paddle? Well, the beautiful thing about Vermont is it's a four season destination. I mean, it's a leaf peeping. You know, everybody loves to come in here. Uh, 
September through the middle or late October to see the leaves change. The colors are spectacular. Yeah. It's a huge equestrian uh, horse country in the summer. There's a big horse show nearby in Dorset that pushes about six weeks. You've got the rivers, the lakes, the fishing, world-class skiing. We're within 30 minutes of five ski resorts, Mount Snow, Akemo, Magic, Bromley, Stratton. Um, so there's something to do hiking all four seasons. Haystack Golf Course is right around the corner. So there's a, that, there's a lot that come here, weddings. So there's things that drive business here already. So this was an added amenity to be unique and be a differentiator. I mean, there are a lot of choices of places to stay. We thought by adding an exotic amenity like Padel and, you know, and pickle, not every resort has pickleball either. And nor should they because of the noise mitigation. We're lucky here based on the footprint of our property that as you notice, the court is recessed away from yeah. the residential side of things. So right. there is no you know, noise pollution really right, coming right. from that area. Um, so back to your question about the, the nice thing about this inn is there's an amazing variety. We're in the main lodge here that has eight different suites. Um, so the two bedroom suite to my left here has its own kitchen. So two couples could enjoy that. There's a handicap suite. Most of them have little kitchenettes, but then there's common rooms. We're in the living room. There's a TV room. There's a dining room. There's a communal kitchen. So this main lodge has about eight different choices from anywhere from as little as a 195 to maybe 400 if you take the double suite, depending okay. again on seasonal demand, et cetera. Then we have two outbuildings. We have the cabin and the carriage house. Those are both separate, detached. Um, they all have charging stations for electric vehicles. Uh, the one carriage house can sleep 10 comfortably, a two wow. bath, major kitchen, and the, the other uh, outbuilding, the, the, the cabin, about eight comfortably. So great place for family reunions. We've, we've done some weddings here. Um, so it's got a real nice, Variety. We're on 33 acres, you know, hiking close to both Dover and Wilmington and to Stratton, as I mentioned, Mount Snow. So it's a real, uh, a great destination. And you can get here. I know you drove up from Connecticut, yeah. but my goodness, from Jersey, from Boston. I mean, we're just a short drive from um, from a lot of major cities. So if somebody <laughs> wanted to play paddle, how would that work? Do you guys uh, have some type of app or do they just call and reserve the court? Or is it just something that is available for people who stay at the end? And is it membership <laughs> or non-membership? And if there's membership, what does that include and what are the costs? I know it's a lot great of questions. Question. <laughs> no, no, it's an easy one. Um, so uh, again, we, we I, I did uh, team up with Salix, S-A-L-I-X, as our app provider. Um, okay. I really like Rex Robinson and his his, his app. He custom, you know, he, he does this uh, for other clubs as well, but he was able to do a little customization for us very easily. Um, so that's the app. So if you stay here at the inn, your those amenities are included. So you can uh -huh. book. You just go on the app and you look at the schedule of both courts, and you're able to just reserve the court. I in order to provide equal access, um, you can book once up to two hours a day. And then as soon as you're finished, you can book again should the gotcha. courts be open. Okay. So that's for the inn, the people great. staying in the inn. Beyond that, we do sell an outside membership. Historically, this club, before we took it over, 
had about 70 local members for the swimming pool only. Well, now we're offering a pool and Padel pickle membership, either together or separate. You can choose to just, if you're not a rackets player, just join the pool. If you want both, you can have both. Or if you're not a swimmer or you have a pool elsewhere. So we have the three different membership categories. For that, it's annual. And of okay. course, the pool is open from Memorial Day until just after Labor Day. Mm-hmm. But the racket sports, as we talked about, it's weather permitting. You might yep, yep. play today like we did. Yeah. Um, and for that, you as a member, like the models of many Padel centers around this country now, as a member, you have advanced booking, a lot of privileges. Mm-hmm. Advanced booking privileges, same thing. You can book mm-hmm. 14 days in advance, two hours yep. of time. And your fees are reduced by comparison to someone that might just cold call or come in and say, hey, I'm only here for a day. I'm visiting friends. I'd love to play Padel. Can I book the court? Should it be available? Yes. Same thing. They would reach out or go to the app and book at a non-member rate. If you're interested in those rates, I can share them with you. But yeah, what's a non-member rate versus um, the non-mem- uh, the non-member rate? Um, we're starting in gout again um, at sixty dollars an hour for okay. Padel, at thirty-two dollars an hour for our our spectacularly beautiful um, pickleball court. Yeah, yeah. And if you're um, a member, and if you're a member, it's thirty-two dollars an okay. hour for it's Padel, almost double, right. and sixteen. Okay. For the um, pickleball, pickle and so uh, what is uh, annual membership cost? An annual membership for, for all all three things: like the pickle, the paddle, and then the um, the pool. For a family, it's twelve hundred. Okay. For a single, it's a thousand. Okay, and then how about if you just wanted the the, the paddle court? You know, if you just wanted the rackets membership, rackets membership. it's two two hundred and fifty dollars for a single, okay, and three fifty for a couple. Wow. So yeah, if you play, it's worthwhile. If you play paddle, it means half the cost, you know? Yeah, that's right. It's, yeah, half the cost. And um, again, and, and not to mention, because it's a limited number of seats, so to speak, right, in right, the plane, right, right. when we do these socials, when we do a Memorial Day, you know, racket-thon or a barbecue or those open plays, members will have the first crack at those eight or 10 or 12 spots. And then if those go unsold, then I would reach out to the, to the non-members. So So there's a lot of advantages to that. So how would people know about these events? Is that on the app there? It is. is. The app, once you join, whether you're a member or not, we can, you know, there's a notice board, there's email blasts, there'll be a schedule of events. And I'm a big believer too. Hey, being a platform tennis guy, I never was good at calling three friends. I needed to be programmed. I needed to know I was in my Tuesday night and yeah, Thursday yeah, night yeah. league. And then I was locked and loaded. And I think there are yeah, a lot of racket players are creatures like that. So that's why, yeah. you know, if you were up here probably this summer, I would, you'd probably lock into the Thursday night advanced men's oh, yeah, advanced yeah. co-ed group. And yeah. then, you know, hey, at least now, you know, once a week you're over here for the, for the two hour. Clip. And you meet people too, new people, you know. Um, okay, so I, it seems to me like the best route is kind of like to stay stay here, you know, and then you get access to the, to the courts, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, imagine staying here for whatever whatever price we said for a couple, of, and then you're playing pedal as much as you want or pickle. I mean, yeah, there might be a little bit of other demand for the court, but there's a lot of hours right. in the day, so, so let's you're go, right. Let's go back. I know you mentioned before, so what is uh, um, the cost of, of the, staying here um, at, let's say, a one-bedroom 
um, versus the say the cottage, right? The, the whole that whole section. Well, those cot the cottage. I'm just gonna give you a round number. It's probably in the four fifty a night range okay. because again, it's a, and how many people does that? Yeah, it's oh. eight ten. Okay, you know, people. The family or two small families, right? Right. Um, okay. And this this suite to our left, which is a double suite with the kitchen, we just had a two couples stay in there. That's running around three fifty a night. Okay. The other single rooms, the one that. You, you and your wife yeah. potentially might be staying in tonight yeah. is in the low twos, I believe. Okay. And again, they have kitchenettes in them. I mean, it's all modern, as you can tell. The place is yeah, very, beautiful. very tastefully appointed. I, yeah. When I first came here, I thought I was in Jackson Hole or Aspen. I mean, the, the woodwork, the yeah. attention to detail, the moldings, it's it's first class. I mean, it's, it's very unique, very amazing. Uh, you know, the first uh, paddle... Uh, court and the public uh, paddle court here in Vermont. It's pretty amazing. I mean, uh, I had to, I had to, I had to come down here. Yeah, I <laughs> and so I'm so glad I did. You know, I so appreciate your initiative in doing it. And um, and you're right. It's it's a very it's fun because again, uh, it's just a, a great conversation piece when you bring this up. You know, first you know this, but on what you know a court in Vermont. I mean, it's <laughs> you probably it get was, that all the time. Yeah, it's uh, it's the pro- as we spoke earlier, probably the closest court from us is either Connecticut or mm-hmm. Philadelphia or Brooklyn. For, so it's it's quite the little right. spot. And you, and you that, get a lot of people coming here from again from everywhere. One so. of my plans too is I just taught you know having been a college coach last year at Oneonta, um and having had the high school team out here. It looks like I'm going to get Union College to come out. Oh, Williams right. College practices in Bennington. Um, we're, I'm hoping to get Dartmouth. I mean, there's so many beautiful schools close by that I think their tennis teams, you know, have heard of the sport. Yeah. They've seen the courts in Orlando at the USTA National Campus. So it's fun to bring the tennis players over and have them have a kind of a day here. They play they willy-nilly around with some pickleball and have some fun. So I, th- I think, you know, you might need some more courts. Yes. Like, you know, once people get to know this sport, I mean, one court's probably not going to be enough. So is there any plans in the future for expanding? That's always part of the plan. I mean, the nice thing is we're not landlocked. We're on 33 acres here. So um, already my son-in-law says, hey, Coach Whitney, when are we going to cover this thing? I said, well, glad you're thinking about, you know, yeah. either covering it with a permanent structure or bubbling it. Uh, we are going to be lighting it. Um, we already have the fixtures up. We just need to run the line. So that'll be give us some more hours in the yeah. day. I mean, it does stay light here in the in the summer pretty late, but in the spring and fall, we'd like to extend the day. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, let there be... I always like... Uh, people waiting for courts rather than courts waiting for people. Right. So once we get to that over demand, then we'll look at the expansion. So, so now you said covering it. Are you going to fully cover it or just put a top on it? Or And, and I, I, that would increase your playtime you know, during, during the winter with snow. That's right. I think we're going to look at all the different, there's so many configurations and options out there. I'm not the biggest fan of a bubble, um, so I'm leaning more towards you know, maybe a structure that is a frame. So, you know, obviously it's highest yeah. over the net and then maybe the sides can be open or closed, you know, okay. open during the, so now you're guaranteed yeah. even in the summer, now you're not in direct sun, you've got right. some ventilation going through, but in the winter, maybe you can drop some flaps. So 
as you saw today, once you start moving around, there's nothing that's, wrong with playing in 22 degree temperatures. That's true. You know, when I came when I came out the door, uh, you know, from my car, and I was like, oh my god, this is way too cold. I mean, how are we going to play? And you know, I did some stretches. I got out there. Once it started moving, that was it. Yeah, I mean, we, you know? matter of fact, by the end, uh, some of us were in our shorts and you know, just you could be normal. <laughs> and you see that in platform tennis too. I know you're familiar with that. Yeah, yeah. You'll see guys by the end of the first set that. You know, holy cow. This yeah. Looks yeah. Like all all the clothes are in the corner yeah, now. You know, at first they had all the clothes and all in the corner, you know. You know but summer. that has some heat coming up, so that helps a little bit, right? The, uh, not every, not, not, I mean, remember that, that heat on those courts is not for the comfort of the players. That's for the melt, the snow, ice, though. and snow. And I would say not all the courts in this country have that. I mean, that's gotcha. kind of a feature that a lot of high end country clubs have, but you don't find that at every place. And, gotcha. uh, so yeah, it's a little, it's comfortable a little bit, but it's really and, there to melt. Now, ice. did you maybe think of that? Maybe putting something in a concrete, you know, uh, some heat just to get the, briefly, the snow out. And, and we've dealt, you know, I know that we we did the project for the Philadelphia Cricket Club's four beautiful courts, that, and they investigated that idea and then backed off too and said, um, we'll just be out of business a couple yeah, of days. Yeah. For the cost um, too, it might not make sense. Yeah, and, and we're still, I, we were having trouble even discovering in our research, even any clubs, even in Europe that had that. Because we were just, you know, again, you're dealing with turf and sand and we just wondered how that moisture, that sogginess, how that would work out. And, you know, probably have to have pretty interesting French drainage or pitch and drainage to really have that work. And so the risk reward was just too much to embark upon. So, so how's the, um, how are people kind of, uh, um, uh, is there talk in the town about the paddle, you know? Are you like the paddle guy here in Vermont? <laughs> you know, it's the paddle guy, you know? Like, the paddle guy, oh, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, certainly I'm a, you know, passionate advocate and, uh, and uh, you know, I take my paddle to the pickleball courts everywhere i do play a lot of competitions and take it and just kind of pass yeah. it around and have people touch it and feel it and again almost with every passing day there's more and more that have heard about it now and they or have a friend from europe or south america yeah. so it's just a great you know conversation piece that gets it going and and now having a place where people can come and try as you met today i mean the one Lady drove up from Brattleboro. Another yeah. gentleman drove over from Dorset. Uh, another guy came from Strat. And so mm -hmm. I'm getting people that are driving virtually an hour, you know, to come over here. They, they will. To play. And they if, will. If uh, they play paddle. That's right. If it's within an hour, an hour and a half, even two, they're coming. It's got a big draw. <laughs> it's just they need to know about it, you know. Uh, usually a snowboarding or, or, you know, into Europe or Florida or somewhere else where they have paddle and then they come back. They have the itch to play. Yeah, certainly a lot of the people here do winter in Florida. So um, again, we're we're hopeful of a project coming out of the ground in Vero Beach very soon. So a lot of them that have been to the Dade County, Miami, as the, some of the clubs we've talked about. Boynton Beach has a court indoors in a in a squash club. Um, many of the country clubs now, Boca Grove in mm -hmm. Boca Raton, just added. So it's it's happening fast. The city of Wellington is one of the first municipal clubs in Florida that are bringing it on. So it's it's fun to watch yeah. this wave, the tipping point. Yeah. It's not often a new sport comes to a country, no less 
has one with the kind of legs that this has. I mean, yeah. we're not talking about spike ball here, not doing right, spike right. ball, but this is a sport that is going to have some staying power. It's not oh, yeah. going to be a, a fad. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I see, see a little bit um, more difficult in, in uh, New England and areas where you have the four seasons, especially the winter, you know, the nice like Florida and Texas and California. It's a little bit easier, you know, but um, so being indoors, is, do you think that's going to be key or do you think a, a, a pedal click can survive without being indoors? Well, as you know, we're seeing the indoor places coming on board in Connecticut, like uh, Sports House and of course, Padel House in the city, Padelphia. Padelphia not only has the outdoor courts where we first started with pop-ups four years ago mm -hmm. in Manionk and uh, yeah. Bala Kenwood, but now the indoor. So there you yeah. got side by side. Um, I mean, certainly indoor is, if you can get the numbers right, you know, right. people like guarantee of weather and consistency. You know, if you get, I know being in the tennis business, if I lose three consecutive days or three consecutive Tuesday nights to rain outs or too much Herps. wind, it's hard to keep your, your, your following yeah, or your yeah. people engaged. Yeah. So there's something to be said for consistency. I'm curious, I'm sure you've had some European folks on your blog that, you know, what are the percentages of indoor versus outdoor in Europe? I mean, primarily in Spain, I gotta guess they're outdoors because of the weather, but when you get into the Nordic countries like Sweden, which has a big pedal push, I mean, yeah. they've got, a, I would think, would be mostly you know, indoors. So there's, I think, pros and cons, right? So indoors, you're always limited to height, right? And a lot of these buildings, um, they're 20 feet, 23, yeah. 24. They're not regulation 27. And even at 27, um, you know, and la and as you know, lobs or globals are a very important part of a paddle, uh, right? You're 25 only as, to 30% of the, yeah, the shots. You're only as good as, as your lob, you know, that's what they say. Um, so you have that as a con, but again, uh, you know, indoors it's consistency. You know you're gonna play. There's, it's not gonna rain. It's not, it's not gonna be canceled. You know, I'm saying there's a hur or unless it's a hurricane and lights go out. But but you know you're playing. The worst thing is you know is coming. Okay, I'm gonna play Thursday and it's rainy. You know, it's like mm -hmm. the worst. You know, so there are some pros and cons. Um, obviously, it's a lot more expensive uh, indoors. You know, return on investment is longer. It's more expensive. Uh, it takes longer to build. You know, permits, all those things. Uh, outdoor is uh, obviously uh, less return on investment is sooner and you get that you get all the height you know but you That's know right. you, but you get the you know even in uh, warmer areas you still get humidity you still get you know heat yeah. sun so I guess there's pros and cons to both you know well one nice thing that as you were saying that is pretty cool about outdoor pedal is that is at least wind is mitigated i mean mm -hmm. you know you, you can't play pickleball on some days outside oh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, with a plastic ball right, i mean the wind will take it, it there's nothing around there to stop but it but yep. the but the tempered glass it does Helps. does help it, it, not yeah. only with the temperatures we talked about earlier but it but the wind can be blowing or howling and it's really unaffecting the, the game because of your, right. your structure there so that's mm -hmm. kind of neat yeah, yeah. Um, yeah you're right i mean i was just in houston i mean most of the clubs out in the Southwest, uh, in Texas and Austin and Houston are outdoors. I did see a couple of indoor courts, uh, but just for a variety of different reasons. But, you know, to have the variety, we'll see. I mean, the, it's what the market will bear. And yeah. I think we'll, we'll see a little bit of everything down the road. 
again, I think that uh, some people ask me, you know, is it a kid's game? You know, I, I think much like pickleball's become, I think the demographics are from youngsters all the way up to well up into the years oh, of so, 70s. I mean, so I think it's, I think it's it's pretty much of an equal. I think maybe even in some countries, I think more women are playing it than guys. If, correct me if I'm wrong. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, uh, the ages, everybody's playing. It, you're right, and and I think that's important. I think you know, um, because if you don't get the youth to start playing, then you know yeah. it's gonna you know turn out like racquetball or something. You know, where you just an older sport, and then that's kind of that dying does, out yeah. because you don't have that youth playing. You know, so getting into the schools. Getting your your kids to start playing, I think, is really key. It's super important, you know. Here, you know, in other areas like Spain, or Argentina, or Europe, and stuff like, it's already kind of established. They already have that. That's why they're so far ahead of us, you know. But I think that's important in in, in the U.S. for sure. I think one of the other magical parts of the sport, like pickleball, is that there's an immediate perceived competence uh, because the sweet spot is right off your hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, people can find that ball and and serve, rally, and play right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but more than pickleball, you have the level up and all the it's very shots. broad, as you're saying, very broad. Somebody who doesn't right. never played can play, right? But you can take that level really high, which, you know, which really makes it a special s- oh, yeah. sport. And um, it also initially bridges levels. I mean, like pickleball, you know, you mm-hmm. and I could grab. Two yeah. people and have fun with it. Yeah. I mean, again, don't get me wrong. I love tennis. It's yeah, been very yeah, good yeah. to me. But we all know that tennis is very level sensitive. It's, yeah. it's, it's just hard to bridge it. There's no real handicapping that has worked ever. A hundred percent. And you're so, playing uh, singles, you know, all the time too. You know, so finding that person to, you know, it's close to your level is difficult. And somebody you can socialize with, that's even harder. <laughs> and, if, and the footprint too is tighter. You like pickleball, you know, you, you reweave the social fabric, you go out the open door there and you know, you're mixing and matching, mm-hmm. you know, very easily. I'm very fond of the turf. I find it uh, very user friendly on my joints and body. Um, yeah. it, it's, I, I don't know whether there's a little cushion in it or something, or it's the sand that creates an anti-friction, but I mean, I can play hours and feel. I, I like th- think <clears throat> I think that's definitely it, it's definitely the turf, but it's also the way you play. I believe you know in tennis, you're running to one part, stopping and doing your full loading, stroke. Yeah. you know, loading. You know, it's a lot of stress when you go and stop there. You know, to take that shot all through your body. You know, in paddle, uh, you're not doing that. You know, you you got a partner. Um, you're slowing it down using the back wall you know so there's a little bit less less of that you know you're not stressing if that ball is getting by you because as long as you know the defending is the walls you're just taking your time and getting the right shot tennis left right and you're stopping a lot of pressure on, on your on your feet on your whole body left right and taking those shots so I think it's definitely uh, better when it comes to the older guys you know <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know your joints and your back uh, because that was one of the reasons why you know, I started stopped playing uh, tennis too, was because it was just taking a toll, you know, on, on my on my body, you know, my joints. The other interesting part of the sport, like pickleball too, is that if you and I were to take a stopwatch and see how much the ball was in play during our hour, it's in play a, a lot mm-hmm. because the ball you're in that 
box mm -hmm. and the ball comes right back mm -hmm. to you. You know, you're not going and fetching it and right. bouncing the underhanded serve creates, mm -hmm. you know, a very easy mm -hmm. point starter. Yeah. Um, one of the things just I observed too by watching the pros in Miami a couple of years ago that surprised me is how I thought they would hit overheads off of a lot of balls that mm -hmm. were like three-quarter court. Yep. But because the players are so good at coming forward and not being afraid of a hard-hit ball, mm -hmm. yeah. the bounce of those deep lobs and then the cuchillo or the ball mm -hmm. off the glass yeah. was a real epiphany for me to watch. Oh. Um, so I'm cognizant so probably of that change your game, play. right? Yeah, I would thought I needed to cover all the overheads, like tennis. You know, mm -hmm. you don't let that thing get over your head and bounce. Yeah. But in this game, you've got to be careful, yeah. I think, of not trying to hit a smash from yeah. too far back. It's a good player going to come in and drop. Yeah, like line. so. I was talking to him about before is is many different shots and, and, and unique shots to paddle. You know, so uh, every position you're at where, where the ball comes, you, you know, it's a specific shot. So you don't want to use the wrong shot. You know, at that time. So if you're in the back on that back line and you're gonna take a smash and your name and you're not um, Arturo Arturo Cuello, <laughs> you're not gonna take that. It's the wrong shot because nine times out of ten it's not gonna come back or you're not gonna put it up or for three. So the experienced player is just gonna come to the front and then counter smash. So and then you have unique shots, of course. You know you have la bandeja, right? You have the vibora. So those are the shots you're gonna use, as you know. Uh, to keep your net, mm -hmm. you know, or hope that, you know, your vibra is good enough where they're just barely getting, give you a short, short lob. And then that's when you're going to hit the smash. But I think coming from tennis, I came from tennis myself, um, you know, the first thing you want to do is smash. And, you know, <laughs> I had a good, great smash, you know, um, which is definitely one of the shots, important shots. Um, but, you know, playing with people who, are not that experienced, it worked all the time. But once you start playing with paddle players, you get caught where you're giving away points, you know? And then you start learning, you have to start learning all the shots, all the aerial shots, you know? So that's, uh, so I, I had the same uh, same situation, you know, when I first started, you know? It's like, hey, there's other shots and I can't be doing this all the time. Plus, it, it exerts a lot of energy, you know? Smash mm -hmm. exerts a lot of energy, <laughs> you know? And then, you know, it's, it's a high risk shot. You know, uh, you have to hit exactly, you know, if you hit it too high, you see it going way over there, you know, or it hits the net, you know. So, um, yeah, I, I experienced the same thing. It's certainly a great thinking person sport, the geometry of it and reading the angles and the uh, deflections and the rebounds. It's just, it just uh, really is an engaging, beautiful, beautiful sport. So yeah. I feel privileged to have been exposed to it and be involved and, I look forward to you know the journey here you know here forward. Great, great. Okay, so uh, where can they reach? Uh, you guys have a website, or do you guys have a handle for any of the platforms? Yeah, we have a, the Brookbound in Vermont okay. com is our website. Um, so that's probably the best place to start with. Okay. And then you have also the app, right? And then the app is the, the, right on there. You can download the app oh, okay, um, right. and register. To, so that's to, the first step, really, mm -hmm. is getting the app, and then at that point you can. You know, uh, uh, you can book a court, mm -hmm. you know, and from there, I can you actually book a, um, a place here at the inn or do you have to call? No, you can book book off, right the, off the website. Oh, that's you know, great. We're, we're, we're also on the Verbo and uh, Airbnb okay. platforms oh, okay. as well for the inn, not so much for the, the pickleball pedal. Okay. 
that's probably soon to come you know yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay so let's talk a little bit more about paddle and you what side do you play on and do you see yourself more as a technical um player or more of an, as an aggressive player well fortunate to be a southpaw lefty okay. so uh, early on my you know one of my mentors was marcos de pilar you know oh, he yeah, got yeah. me started and so he pushed me over to the uh the right side very mm-hmm. quickly so in tennis we call that the do side yeah believe and so um that way my forehand is our four if i'm typically playing with another right hander our forehands are to the middle um when my partner's serving we go the australian format mm-hmm. um probably the shot that i've suffered with uh, early on because i used to try to cut it off was the serve coming into the glass okay. if i lean that too close to protect that i felt like first i left the middle open mm. for guys that would knife it down there or gals yeah and then also i found that i was maybe taking balls that might have been going into the mesh right. so with enough pr- trials and repetitions i've learned to sit back and let the ball kiss off the glass mm-hmm. there that first panel and then just return it off of that in most cases. You don't want to have that serve reach the second panel. So right, right. Positioning, it's, just, it's been fun, this journey of, you know, I'm a hyper-competitive rackets guy, so yeah. I'm always striving to yeah, yeah. get better and, mm-hmm. and so compete well. So you're a lefty, and of course you play the right side of the driver, the deuce. Um, so when it comes down the middle, or there's a nice shot, aerial shot, who takes it, you or your partner? Well, it depends on who I'm playing with, you know, <laughs> uh, partially. Um, you know, I, I oftentimes it's the player that may have hit the last shot tends to be a little okay. more engaged, you know, who's got the diagonal angle, who maybe okay. is in front of the other player. Uh, but, you know, there's a chance to communicate. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, uh, it's, yeah. it's just trial and error. And I'm still searching for a more consistent partner as well. Okay, right now okay. I've, Kind of mixing and matching. I'm one of my goals in 2024, and Happy New Year to, to everybody, by the way, yeah. is to is to start to compete more. I'm on, okay. I want to start playing some tournaments. Uh, there's a lot of them. I mean, I visit the USPA website all the time, and okay. uh, so I look forward to to competing and, and finding you know a yeah. multitude of partners to play. Okay, so what's your favorite racket? Well, my favorite racket is uh, is the uh, the Adidas. Um, I'm playing with the uh, Addy Power Control right okay. here. I like yep. the fact it's got a little grid on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the metal bone as well with a little weighting system. That's yeah. the new pickleball racket they just came out oh. with, which was very innovative. I think it's the first ever custom weighted yeah. uh, racket. So um, yeah, it's it's it seems to have the right amount of balance and feel and. Mm-hmm. Control and power, and so I'm and, enjoying it. And uh, in Golden Point, you know, if you play Golden Point, who takes it, you or your partner? Um, <laughs> you know, again, uh, it's it really depends on who seems to be the hotter player at the moment. Okay, someone who's more consistent that day. And it might be what what our opponents are, have shown us with their okay. serving skill to that particular side. Okay. If they've been very effective at at finding the glass on one particular yeah. side and have had success with winner serves, then maybe the other player will take that. Gotcha. Uh, All right. So, what, so what's your favorite shot? You know, I love. I'm a. I've. 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 I love the three letter dirty word lob. You know lob. I mean? Okay. I, I wow. tend to have pretty good feel. I, I. You know. I think 
especially new players to paddle haven't really recognized no, how, how deep important you it need is to be mm-hmm. not only how important it is but they tend to squeeze in a little tight on the net mm-hmm. and so it's pretty easy to bump it over their mm-hmm. heads and, and get in and i just love to see them scramble <laughs> you know run at the ball and figure oh. out what they're going to do next on it it's a way um, to uh to dominate the net i know? also uh, i mean i've always been a bit of a touch finesse tennis player and pickleball player so is it, is it the Chiquita. La Chiquita, yeah. La Chiquita. Yeah. I love to, mm-hmm. to, to kind of use what I call the gravity mm-hmm. shot yeah, yeah. And, and angle it in front of a player and see if they can properly split step and use the crossover mm-hmm. and yeah. go get that as opposed to a lot of them, you know, rear back or mm-hmm. it gets by them. So, yeah, yeah. you know, yes, it's fun to drive it and, you know, crush it. But so far, you know, the the defensive offensive lob yeah off the return of serve in particular i i that's oftentimes a, yeah. go over the. that's not easy either especially yeah, they got but, a good serve you know yeah. sometimes for me if they have a good serve it's just getting it back Cross you know court. so they can just defend the defend it and my second one is a lob usually that's the case but if they if it's a second serve then i'll go for the lob you know uh all right so what's your worst shot um <clears throat> I think my my weakness still is being able to properly react to a, a two-sided hard hit okay. glass shot where okay. don't you know I got to learn the, the defensive uh, glass right you okay. know work in those corners where you know when it staying near it when it goes by me mm-hmm. near and going away from it when it goes by me mm-hmm. from afar and just yeah, yeah, yeah. not getting turned around and realizing that you have more time than you think i mean well, yeah. i do have a lot of platform tennis hours under mm-hmm. my belt so I, I learned how not to get turned around there so mm-hmm. i think with enough trials and repetitions with this i'll i'll get yeah. more adept at handling the the power mm-hmm. drives that have multiple yeah. rebounds. That, that tends to be most tennis players' uh, difficult shot. It was mine when I first started, of course, uh, defending the, the walls. You know, it's like the walls, what is that? You know, and then sometimes you'll see people step up to the line and try to volley everything there. So they don't want to let it go back into the into the back wall. And once in a while, we'll do that too. If they have a good bandeja and, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be hard to defend. It's going to die in the corner. I'll step up. But uh, before I used to do that all the time. Now, I feel more confident um, just practicing, practicing with the wall. So that's that's usually a tennis player's uh, most difficult uh, uh, shot to defend. And it, w- it was mine, you know, when I first started. The other shot I'm struggling with a little bit is when the player really keeps it mm-hmm. super close mm-hmm. to... Yeah, yeah. You know, what's the... Help me with that one. Uh, that's just... It's just a difficult shot. There's no, like, shot you're going to use. I mean, what I do is... I mean, I mean number one is that it's you know most uh tennis players will hold their paddle i think with eastern continental right so mm-hmm. they're like this so it's very hard to to get that ball right forehand so you know the continental grip is always easiest in a short uh, a short what do you call it um stroke so by doing that you can cover close to that glass and just you know whereas I think most tennis players are holding like this and they're trying to, it, it's very difficult, especially with the back walls, you know. So that's, that's also changed. That's also a thing that I see too, is the grip. You know, it's getting used to the continental grip a lot almost of the tennis everything. players, right? Would you say the pros virtually play a continental on every ball or are they? Uh, you, mean, you mean from paddle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, um, yes. That's where you first start. I mean, but 
again, you're going to change east and western, you know, because yeah. the ball is so low and you have to get underneath, you know, you right. got you to gotta change your grip. So for me, uh, I, I do change my grip based on the shot, but almost 80% is going to be continental grip, always. Um, that's how, I, you know, but, I, I, but there's shots that you can't do or it's more difficult to do if you don't have a continental grip in the corners and, and the, really the back wall. If you're trying to do a big swing and you have, it's going to be very hard. Yeah. You know, you just got to get down in there and short swing and boom, get open, it over. Open it up. Right, right, right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, I, I encountered that when I first started playing as well. And you know, I think a, a lot of people do until you make that little adjustment because it feels very weird coming from tennis and then coming to use a continental grip and, and, and paddle. It's like it took some time to get used to it. And I think everybody take some time that comes from tennis to get used to that you know um okay so who is your favorite partner in paddle um well my favorite partner in paddle is um probably i i play with a belgian pro here lo he's from belgium but mm -hmm. he's locally a pro his name is frank bonte okay uh he's fun to play with I also like to play with Carlos Batier, who's okay. who I mentioned is with Real Turf out in Houston. Um, from a female side, uh, I'm still probably my wife is my favorite. Uh, it's a good answer. <laughs> good answer. Live. Who 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 is a good a, a nice pickleball player and a good tennis player oh, and uh, particularly well good out of the air. So her her volley skills in tennis translated well over to. Yeah, yeah, definitely tennis players get the volleys you know it's just a little change but they pretty much have the volleys you know and the smash those are the two things you know that help them from coming from tennis all right Wendy thank you for coming on the show um you know I want to wish you all the luck in in this adventure well I appreciate you guys interest in the, making the journey up here and con mucho gusto Hasta el próximo vez. All right, buddy. <laughs> Thanks. Guys, if you haven't already, make sure that you hit that subscribe button and turn on your notifications. And remember, it's free 99. It doesn't cost you anything to hit that subscribe button. Thanks for tuning in to Paddle Smash Academy. We hope you'll find our videos informative, helpful in improving your game and learning all things paddle. So until next time, keep improving your game. And remember, learn, play, and share.